0: Psalms chapter number 50, and uh, I will say this morning that um, the, uh, Brother Caleb, if you could give me just a little bit of volume on that, uh, on those monitors, help me just a little bit this morning, just some throat problems, but uh, I was thinking about this week as um, Brother uh, Fleur was preaching, he preached from Psalms 51, the very day that he preached, or very night that he preached from Psalms 51. That afternoon, I had studied this psalm, intending to preach it on a Wednesday night. uh, as we've been preaching through the book of Psalms. But as I studied this psalm, the Lord really spoke to my heart about preaching it on Sunday morning. And so I pray that the Lord will speak to us and through us this morning and that he would be glorified. Because of the length of the psalm, I'm not gonna read the entire psalm, just a few selective verses and then have a word of prayer, but we'll preach through this psalm this morning. Uh, If you'll look with me in Psalms 50 and we'll begin reading in verse number seven. The Bible says, Hear, O my people, And I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifice or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goat out of thy fold. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Verse number 22. Now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver you. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Father, I pray this morning that you'd help us these next few moments. Lord, we ask you to speak to every heart. God, I need to hear from heaven and I pray that we all will hear from heaven this morning. I pray that you would be glorified, that your son would be magnified and the church would be edified this morning. Save the lost and reclaim the backslid. And God, for what you do, we'll thank you and praise you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach this morning on this subject, on the shocking truth, the shocking truth. Because when you come to Psalms chapter number 50 this morning, there are three things just by way of introduction that I want you to see concerning of uh, the subject of the shocking truth. First of all, I want you to notice the judge. As the Bible says that in verse number one, the mighty God, even the Lord, hath spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God hath shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very temptuous round about him. Verse number six says, and the heavens shall declare his righteousness. Notice this, for God, God is judge himself. So we see the judge here. In fact, the Bible highlights in the first phrase of verse number one, the mighty God, even the Lord. Now, we'll not take the time this morning, but it gives in that little phrase there all the definitions of who God is within himself, the mighty, the God, and the Lord. And then the psalmist here reminds us of who the judge is. God is our judge. God is every man's judge. Isn't that right? Hebrews 9, 26. 7 says, it is appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now, there is one thing that is for sure this morning, is that God is our judge, and that when we die, we will face the judge. Amen? The Bible said that, that will not the judge of the earth do right. And then in the book of Matthew, it says that the Father hath committed all judgment unto the Son. But in Psalms chapter 50, concerning the nation of Israel, we know that God will be and is Israel's judge. So there's the judge, but. And then secondly, we notice there are those who are judged. As the Bible says in verse number four, he shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Verse number seven, hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. Now I want you to see this this morning, that we know that God is the judge. And Israel is the one that is being judged. The Bible says it's the saints of God. It is the people of God. It is God's chosen people. So God is about to judge his people. So there's the judge and there's the judge. But the rest of the chapter, beginning in verse number 8 throughout verse number 23, the rest of these remaining verses here deals with the judgment. And I want to think about that judgment this morning because this judgment in Psalms 50 is a shock. Truth, It's a shocking truth this morning because if you look at verse number 22, the Bible says, now consider this, ye that forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. When you think about verse number 22, I don't know what comes to your mind, but when I think about verse number 22, God addresses those that have forgotten him. When I think about this verse, Brother Barnes, I think about a lost world. I think about those that are living in sin. I think about those that go by and pass by the church day after day and they never think about God. I think about those, my friend, uh, that live their life never looking up and never thinking about where the acorns have fallen in their life. God has been good to the saved, but he's also been good to the lost. Uh, He's let them live in his world. He's put his breath in their body. He's given them a gift every day to live, but yet seemingly they live their life uh, and they never think about God. In fact, the says, says they do not even like to retain God in their knowledge. Amen. But do you know what the shocking truth about this text this morning is? Is that when God talks about people forgetting him and tearing them to pieces, he's not talking about the lost. He's talking to the saved. He's not talking to a world that is, in, that is blind and walking in darkness. But in Psalms chapter 50, he is talking to Jerusalem. He is talking to those that have been given the light, that have a heritage, that have seen the truth and that have walked in the light of his word. He is talking to saints in verse uh, numbers five. Uh, He said, hear, O my people, in verse number seven, and I will speak, O Israel, as God begins to unfold this chapter here. This is a psalm to the saints. This is a psalm to the people of God. You see, those that are living in darkness this morning, they have not necessarily forgotten God. They don't know God this morning to forget something means Uh, at one time you knew what it was, at one time you retained its knowledge, at one time you knew what it was about, you lived and walked in the light, but now you have forgotten, you have turned away from that, and you have turned to something else Uh, and in essence that's what Psalms 50 is all about, it's about God's people walking away from him, still going through the mechanics of worship, still going through the mechanics of service, uh, but yet they have forgotten him in their heart this morning you know the Bible says that when judgment comes it will begin at the house of God when God looks down upon this world and do not misunderstand me this morning the Bible says that he is angry with the wicked every day God is angry with the lost man because that he has not received him and he has been given opportunity after opportunity, perhaps. Uh, But I want to say this morning that God is more upset with the sinfulness of saints uh, than he is the sinfulness of sinners. Now that does not get sinners off the hook uh, for sinners are dying lost and going to a devil's hell. He wants to rescue them. He wants to save them. If you're here this morning and you're lost, uh, I would say to you this morning, you need to come to an old-fashioned altar by way of the cross and the shed blood of Calvary and you need to get born in the family of God because if you don't get saved, you're gonna die lost and go to a devil's hell and God loves you and Jesus died for you and the church has prayed for you and that's three good reasons, sinner, why you ought to come this morning, swallow your pride and you ought to get born again. Amen. But I'm here to tell you this morning, my friend, who God has a bone to pick with this morning, it's not the law it's we that are saved because we have the answer we're the salt of the earth and if we'll do what God wants us to do we can lead the lost to Jesus and they can be born again this morning in this judgment we see this morning that in this judgment God speaks about, that it reveals three things I wanna give you this morning and be done. I want you to see first of all that God's judgment this morning concerning this shocking truth is that it reveals what God desires, amen? Look with me in verse number eight. The Bible says, I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings, so have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house nor goat out of thy phone. For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hill. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee. For the world is mine and the fullness thereof. What he does here is God reminds his people as they're offering sacrifices, God said, wait a minute, you may be giving sacrifices on this altar, but I want you to remind, remind you that I don't need your sacrifices, I don't need your bullocks, I don't need your goat. I own the world, I own everything in it, if I were hungry Israel, I wouldn't call you because I don't need you to feed me, in other words, sacrifice is not because God needs something, it's not because God necessarily is pleased with a sacrifice within itself sacrifice has a deeper meaning I'll put it in today's terms just because I pay tithes just because I put offerings in the offering place God doesn't need my money He owns everything He doesn't need that dollar That some people give And they think they've merited Or earned something With some type of favor with God Or some kind of position in the church I don't care if you drop a million dollars In the plate this morning That doesn't buy you one ounce of favor In the eyes of the Lord Amen Amen God can operate without our money isn't that right? And he reminds them of this and then in verse number 14 he reproves them. He says offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows unto the most high. If God uh, is going to judge them what does this judgment reveal? It reveals what God really desires out of our life. You see some people think the more they sacrifice the more they can please God. But God is not near as interested in our sacrifice as he is our Sincerity, amen? He says, you can put all the bullocks on the altar you want to. You can offer all the male goats you want to. But God said, what I really want is I want you to offer unto God thanksgiving. I want you to pay vows unto the Most High. God says, I want you to be sincere in what you are doing. You know how many times people come to church and they go through the mechanics of worship just like Israel did, but they're not sincere. Saved they may be, but not sincere. How many times songs are sung, but there's no sincerity in that song. You can hit every note, you can hit every key. It can sound wonderful, it can sound beautiful, but what pleases God is when that song that is being sung from the lips comes out of the revenue and the resources of the heart that magnifies and lifts up God. It's not about an audience, it's not about who is listening, it's not about amens, but it's about singing because you want to magnify the one that you're singing about. It's not about putting flesh on display. It's not about a show. It's about singing with all your heart to, to thank, give thanksgiving unto the God that has loved you and died for you. Amen. I believe if we practice this, the choir would sing. Listen, we'd hit every we'd hit every decimal every Sunday in every service. Isn't that right? You'd never hear a preacher say, Come on, choir, let's sing. You'd never hear a choir leader say, Come on, let's sing. I'm telling you, when the invitation is given, you wouldn't hear a bunch of mumbles in the pew, but you'd hear those that are standing there that are saved, that lift their voice up, and they'd sing with power in that invitation. some stand there and their mind is on going home it's in a thousand different directions I'm telling you God says it's not your sacrifice that means so much to me it's your level of sincerity give God your all you see sacrifice is not sacrifice when there's sincerity in it when you give grudgingly to whatever that be whether it be an offering or whether it be in song if you're singing and there's, your heart's not in what you're singing God's not praised. If I was to get up this morning and just preach because it's Sunday morning to, to preach a sermon to say that I did what I was supposed to do or maybe to, to get a pat on the back from somebody. If my motive to preach this morning was to was to please the crowd, was to, to be seen of men, then, and then there's no sincerity in that message this morning. I'm telling you this morning, God wants us to put our heart in what we're doing. The problem with Israel was, was it was half-hearted service. It was half-hearted obedience. Obedience, uh, half-hearted obedience is still disobedience in the eyes of God. And God said, what I want is not what you're putting on the altar. He said, I want when you put it on the altar, I want you to do what you're doing with all of your heart. When's the last time you put all your heart into that Sunday school class? All of your heart. Uh, you said, well, I'm not a teacher in that class. It doesn't matter. When's the last time you prayed for your teacher? When's the last time you came anxious to hear the word of God? When's the last time you put some heart into that service Uh, you worshiped while the singers were singing, while the preacher was preaching? You said amen uh, as I just sung about. You raised your hand, not because you said, well, if I don't, the preacher's gonna get on me. No, but you wanted to say amen to the preaching. You appreciated the truth. Uh, You thank God that you get to hear it. Uh, I'm talking about worshiping God with sincerity. I know everybody can't sit on the front row, but everybody that can should, amen? Come on with y'all with me this morning? I just something about being up front, I like being up front. And I'm telling you, I wish everybody'd fight to get up front. That's no reflection on you in the back, but I'm saying to you this morning, I wanna get as close to the fire as I can, amen? I wanna get as far up front as I can. I wanna get as close to the heat of the singing and the preaching. I wanna put everything I got in it, don't you? I don't care if I'm doing the preaching or somebody else is doing the preaching. I don't care who's doing the singing. I just wanna get everything I can get while I'm here. I remember a day when I didn't know God. I remember a day when I didn't know the things of God. I'm so glad this morning I got a King James. Bible, I'm so glad this morning I've been washed in the blood. I thank God for the presence and the power and the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the saints of God and the brethren, all of these things, it ought to help us, it ought to motivate us, it ought to encourage us to worship God with sincerity, amen. You know what I've seen down through the years of pastoring this church? I've seen a pattern of this. I've watched people come in the doors visiting and there's no reflection on visitors this morning. But I've seen some visitors come in down through the years and boy, they'd hear that choir sing and they'd be mesmerized. We don't have the best choir in the world. I think we do. But I'm sure there's other people at their church that say their choir's better, but it's not about who's best. But I love our choir, don't you? I just assume here, Brother David, leading and our choir sing as any choir I know of. In fact, I would rather hear our choir sing but they'll come in, they're mesmerized and say, man, do you can, man? that's a great choir. And then they'll come in and they'll, not too long, but they'll say, boy, I enjoyed the message. And it's amazing how they'll come and they'll join and they'll say, this is the greatest church in the world. Give it a year. Some of it don't even take a year. And it's amazing how some people, Now I feel like it's the greatest church in the world. I mean, listen, if you're not a member of Bible Baptist Church, I feel sorry for you. That's the only thing I can say. I hate it it's going to be on podcasts, but it's the truth, and the truth is the truth. Isn't that right? I love our church. If I didn't feel that way, I wouldn't be here. Amen. And there are people that for every one thing you can find wrong, don't come tell me, I don't think nobody has in a while, but don't come up and tell me something wrong with, with this church. Number one, I probably already know that. And number two, for every one thing you can find wrong about this church, I could tell you 50 things that are right about it. Amen? So I'll take the good that overrides the bad. Amen? The reason there's something wrong with this church is because you're here and I'm here and we're not perfect. Isn't that right? And so until we get to heaven, we're going to have problems. Isn't that right? But we'll just do the best we can we roll on uh, and we do the best of what we got that's the only thing I know but he sure makes all the wrongs right doesn't he amen yeah. when he shows up uh, it makes everything better amen I'm telling you the presence of God I learned this a long time ago it'll wash a lot of things out uh, of our life and a lot of things out of the church uh, when God's presence uh, and God's power shows up amen Now I'll tell you something it's amazing how people can join this church and think it's the greatest thing in the world and one year later you couldn't find them with a search warrant. Yeah. Amen and they leave and nobody ever leaves any church and says well I just backslid got out of the will of God I couldn't take the preaching I couldn't handle all the smiles and the shouts and and you know it Just I'm telling you I started living out in and seeing, and God dealt with me and convicted me so I had to get away from all that because just way too spiritual down here no that's not how people leave a church they always leave a church and they'll point a finger at the preacher they'll point a finger at the singers they'll point a finger at some member and say well they're not friendly they're not kind hey listen can I just be honest with you I don't go to church to see how how many people are going to shake my hand? Somebody say amen. Everybody likes a handshake, don't they? But I'm not counting Brother Blake handshakes. I'm not investigating to see how many services goes by before Brother Andrew shakes my hand. No, I go to church to worship God. I go to church to hear the word of God preached. Brother, I'm telling you, uh, when people put their all, uh, you know why uh, so many times uh, it just seems like the preacher just pushing and he's just prodding and he's just trying to to always push us in another direction. I'll tell you why. Because you just want people to put everything they got in it. I'm telling you, if everybody put everything they had into what we're doing today, the church could march on like a mighty army full of power. If some of you'd get on an altar and repent and get right with God, I'm telling you, the church uh, would have more power, I'm talking about sincerity this is what God is saying here in the psalm here this is what he desires he desires your all God says you can put everything you want in the offering plate but if your heart's not in it he's not pleased this morning not only does this judgment reveal what God desires but it reveals what God despises It's amazing to me in verse number 15 that he reaches out to Israel. He says, call upon me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. God is a God of compassion this morning. God is a God of mercy, even that even when we have sinned and done wrong, if we'll reach out to him, he is forever reaching out to us. But he tells them in verse number 16, what he despises, he says here, but thou, but unto the wicked God said, what hast thou to do to declare my statues or that thou shouldest take my covenant in thy mouth, seeing that thou hatest instruction and casteth my words behind thee. When thou sawest a thief, look at this, then thou consentest with him and, and, and hast been partaker with adultery God says to Israel God said this is what I despise you have have joined hands with the wicked you have joined hands with those that have, have done wrong I'm telling you the reason our churches are suffering today the shocking truth if there's anything that stinks in the nostrils of a holy God it is the fact that God's people have joined hands with the world and we've allowed the world to come into the church amen it's very simple this morning you want to have victory Live a clean life. You can't live perfect and you can't live sinless, but we can live clean. So, say, preacher, how do, I, how do I live clean? Well, you know how to live clean. You gotta get all the dirt and the grime and the garbage out. Isn't that right? How many of y'all like a clean house? I'm telling you, a house don't have to be fancy, it don't have to be rich, but I ought like for it to be clean, don't you? My wife is OCD and I am too, so we get along just fine. But I'm telling you, she sees a dust ball. She wants to clean it up. And I thank God that I've never had to worry about a filthy house. Now, everybody's house gets dirty from time to time. Somebody say amen. Anybody that tells you that their house never gets dirty, I don't believe that no more than anything. If, I, you, know, if you know that person, let me, uh, you know, just give me their address. I want to pop in on Monday morning about nine o'clock. Amen. I know when you walk in a house and you see a door shut, you know what that means. It means that's where everything's been thrown to. Hey, quick preachers come and throw everything in the back room, shut the door. It may appear to be clean, but it's not. Isn't it the way we do God sometimes? We'll clean up enough junk in our life to to look good for visitors and look good on the outside and and for everything to appear to be clean. But I'm telling you, friend, God knows the secret places of our heart. If you're saved, he's been through every area. He knows what's in the closet. He knows what's in the drawers. He knows every avenue and every crevice of our soul. He knows what's what's lurking in our mind. God knows everything about all of us. And God said, if you want to be blessed, live a clean life. It's not what others necessarily always don't see. It's what our God can see this morning. God said I despise the fact that you've held hands with the world and look what he says in verse number 19 thou givest thy mouth to evil and thy tongue a frame of deceit we're talking about sane people thou sittest and speakest against thy brother thou slanderest thine own mother's son I'm telling you listen how many churches have been torn apart due to slander due to criticism due to backbiting look what God said in verse number 21 these things thou hast done and I kept silence." notice what he says thou thoughtest that I was altogether." such as one as thyself, but I will reprove thee. You know what God said in verse number 21? He said, you thought because I was silent that I agreed with you. God said, there's coming the time, there's coming the day when I will reprove thee. That's the way God works in our life. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will be silent. He'll let us keep on sinning. He'll tell us, he'll warn us, he'll remind us. But when we ignore him, or we disobey him, as a perfect gentleman, Brother Allen said something this morning in Sunday school that really got a hold of me. He said, if we just remember everywhere we go and everything we do, if we're saved, we take the Holy Spirit with us. Can a saved man drink alcohol? Sure he can. But why would a saved man want to drink alcohol if he's saved with the Holy Spirit living inside Why would he want to do that and justify it when the Bible says not to even touch it? The Word of God has not changed. You could look at pornography. You can look at uh, all kinds of filth and perversion. But why would you want to do that if you're saved and the Holy Spirit living inside? Why would you want the Holy Spirit to look upon those things? You think about a bad attitude, a bad temper. You blow, you stack, you get mad. I mean, every person does that. We've all said things we shouldn't have said. But yet the Holy Spirit, bitterness, anger, jealousy. Why would you want to be envious of somebody else and want what they have that God has not given it to you but he's gave it to them rather than being thankful for them having what they have. You desire what they have. You're covetous, you're envious. Why would you want to let that lurk down deep in your soul with the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? Why would you want the Holy Spirit to have to live with a jealous heart, a jealous attitude or covetous eyes? Those things. Talking about their what? You know the greatest truth I think we'll learn to save people is to learn to love what God loves and learn to despise and hate what God hates. Because the flesh has a tendency to always say that if, if right here is the line, if this is the line, and all, everything on this side is wrong, this is forbidden, this is sin, the flesh has a tendency to do this. Well, if there is the line, then let me see God, how close to the line can I get and still be on your side but be as close to that line as I can be? that's why people look for look for a reason to, to 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 sugarcoat their sin they look for they look for a preacher a church somewhere they can go to that where the man of God or the the preacher he's not a true man of God but to go somewhere where the preacher will never say anything about their sinful living in fact he will say it's okay he'll water down the message he'll he'll okay the sermon so that they don't feel so bad when they leave can I tell you something? I've been saved 30 years uh, and I've never got over feeling bad when I leave church uh, but sometimes you have to feel real bad so you can feel real good, and I thank God for all the times that the preacher made me feel real bad so I got in the altar and I got right with God but I sure didn't feel real good when I left, amen because that's what preaching will do for you but it's not how close can I raise my children no, 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 no when you learn to love the things God loves and hate the things that God hates if God draws a light and says now don't go there because that's wicked here's what you want to do you want to get as far away God, if you don't love that, then I don't want anything to do with it. Lord, if that's something that you don't want in my life, then I want to get as far away from that as I can because if it don't please you, then it will not please me. That's a heart that is sincere and wants to serve God. May not always be perfect. May not always do everything that's right. But even when you see it, what grieves you the most is that you've grieved the heart of God. I'm here to tell you this morning, that's what God said to Israel. He said, this is what I desire, but this is what I despise. God said, I will call it to your attention. I appreciate the preaching of the Word of God because it calls my sins to attention. I'll be honest with you, my flesh is so wicked this morning that I can sin and sin and sin and without the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, many of my sins I would never see. I'm thankful for that old Bible they sung about this morning. That precious old Bible. I'm telling you, when a man of God preaches, I think that's why this church loves Brother Fleur's preaching so much is because he just gave us the word of God. He just told us what the Bible says. And I'm gonna tell you, Bible preaching will help your life. And, And God said in this judgment, this is what God desires. It reveals what God despises. And then I want you to see this this morning. It reveals what God declares. Look what he said in verse 22. Now consider this, ye that forget God, Lest I tear you in pieces, there be none to deliver. God sends a warning out. Can I tell you this morning, like the old songwriter said, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it prone to leave the very God I love. Can I tell you this morning, left to myself, I would wander far away from God. I'm not here this morning serving God because I've done anything. We're not here this morning because we've accomplished anything. What's kept me on this track for these past 30 years of my life has been the precious word of God and the sweet Holy Spirit. When my flesh started to go this way, the Holy Spirit said, no, 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 don't do that. And hey, when my flesh would look upon something that it uh, would desire, something that maybe it should not desire, the word of God like a hammer would say, oh no, you don't want to do that. There's consequences. There, There's a price to be paid. If you go that way, you'll lose your joy. You'll lose your victory if you go that way. Have I always listened to it? No. I would be lying to say that this morning. But I'm telling you, when I didn't listen, when I failed to heed the message, it wouldn't be too long. And I'd hit my friend, the Holy Ghost, uh, a loving hand of God the Father would take that chastening rod and he would chasten me and he would whip me and he would put me back in my place and he would bring me to repentance and with tears of repentance I'd say dear God I'm so sorry that I've done that I'm telling you time and time again he'll take you to the woodshed he'll remind you you belong to him he'll not let you go too far my friend that's a God we serve he has declared it I'm thankful for the warning this morning Are you thankful for the warning this morning? Live in a day when there's a lot of smooth preaching. I want to tell you this morning, I I love encouraging messages. But I want a preacher to just tell me the truth. Don't water the message down. I'm telling you this morning, I don't care if if a millionaire walked in this building. He's going to hear the same message. Amen. If the president walked in, he's going to hear the same message that everybody else hears. And sometimes I, the Holy Spirit will say, preach this, and you'll say, oh Lord, could I just preach something a little sweeter today? But God knows what we need. I want to tell you this morning, don't ever resist the Holy Spirit. I would dare say in a congregation this size this morning that God is taking this message and turning it in all of our hearts today. There are some this morning that you know right now the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. I wanna to say to you this morning do not walk away from the message. You need to come to the altar and do business with God. You need to be honest with yourself and honest before God. Don't let pride keep you in deceit. Don't hold on to something. Don't hang on to something that will hinder you this morning. Do business with God. Don't lie to yourself. Don't deceive yourself in saying, Well, I'm okay. Well, if God called it to your attention, it's not okay this morning. You know where real victory and joy is found? It's when we just surrender. When we say, to your God, I you're right. I need to do business with you this morning. God says, He declares this that if you'll come, notice what he said in verse 23. He said, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth, notice his conversation, talking about his lifestyle, all right, all right, will I show the salvation of God. Here's what God says in this text. God said, if you'll come and you'll do things the right way, you'll do things the way I've asked you to. You'll put your heart into what you're doing. God said, you'll find salvation. Do you know this morning that if a lost person got up out of that seat, and just came as clean as they could and said, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. I'm lost. Everything the man of God preached this morning, I'm guilty of. And I need to be saved. Lord, would you save me? Would you be merciful to me, an old sinner? It's not nobody's fault but my own. I'm lost and I need you. God to save you this morning. But if you come down to this altar and you say, well, I'm not a real bad person. I've never done anybody wrong and, and I just come down here to pray about some things. You're never going to get no help like that. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Because I've been in the altar with many people. I've watched people come all the way down to the brink of the river. God dealt with them. They even had the courage to step out and come. But for some reason, when they got down here, they backed up. You can't get no help when you back up. It's when you throw yourself on an altar like sinners have done many, many times. Oh, God, I'm guilty. Forgive me, God. Forgive me. You'll find forgiveness. You will find. It's called coming clean with God. This morning, saved person, how about you? Would you come clean with God? You can find salvation, not from from hell necessarily if you're saved. But you can find salvation from a life of destruction if you'll come clean. I remember this growing up. I remember my parents saying at times, now if you'll be honest and if you'll come clean, it won't be near as bad. But if you lie to me, it's gonna be worse. Can I tell you this morning, child of God, it's the same way with the Lord. If you'll come clean, you'll find mercy. But if you lie to him, things are only get worse.